Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, good morning. It is Tuesday, Monday. Jeez, I can't, I don't know what day it is anymore. It's, Monday, it's February Monday. 8th, 2021. It's the day after big game day. Yes. Are we yes. allowed to say? Yeah, I, the, I think the, so. Uh, right? the, the grand uh, uh, container that you eat out of. <laughs> yes. If we get sued, remember Joe Frost said that. I always that, say the big game. Can't get sued for that. Those are completely uh, different well, words. No, what do you want me to do? <laughs> we are a news organization. We're news. So we could say Super Bowl, right? Oh, oh okay. I, I don't Look think we're us. selling. Yeah, we're not. Well, I mean, we want you to support the podcast, but we're not selling Super Bowl, you know, high wind shirts. You know, we're talking about it. It's, it's news. Yeah, so we're going to talk not? about why, the Super Bowl. Why aren't I, we doing that? I, I don't we should know. Be. <laughs> Come on, man. Merch is where the money is. <laughs> I learned the hard way. I, I played some YouTube wrestling footage, and I got a bunch of cease and desist letters. You from, did? Yes. Over oh, email, man, I'm so, feeling yes. so bad. <laughs> no, it's, uh, but it was great footage. Yeah, it was great footage. Yeah. <laughs> I should have I I got you some footage from the local wrestling group that I work with here. They wouldn't have sued you. Well, I'm looking at it as look, we're giving WWE some credit. So, all right, that's, well, lots of right. behind the scenes that we that, probably should that get poor to. little startup company, yes, multi billion dollar organization. <laughs> okay, lots of behind the scenes which we probably should get to a minute and a half into a new show. So, yeah, let's talk. We're the Steelers <laughs> podcast. We're here talking the Steelers. Yeah, we're going to talk Super Bowl a little bit, but I wanted to start out with. Well, there was some Steeler news, not a lot, but it's good. Mm -hmm. We've got all kinds of goofy topics we want to talk about, so we're going to fill the hour really easily. But let's first talk about some news the Steelers made. And I'm going to get myself in trouble, so I got to choose my words carefully. I could get canceled after this podcast, but I warned these guys it's coming. Um, Steelers actually had two inductees. Uh, Bill Nunn, a scout from the 70s who found helped discover a lot of these Great. I mean, I think it was what Lynn Swan, you know, that era. I mean, a lot of these guys came through Bill Nunn and he mentored some of the guys. So, yeah. Hey, that draft class was unbelievable. So, yeah, Bill Nunn, hey, you're in. That's good. Alan Fanica. Now, he, this was his fifth year of waiting. I think none, Jesus, it was probably what, 20 years of waiting. But Fanica finally got in. And I'm good with that. I mean, Fanica was a stellar part of a good Steelers line. He didn't miss games. Um, you know, we didn't do a Steelers podcast back in the '90s and 2000s, but he didn't miss plays. I we mean, really should, I, we really should have. We should have. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity. <laughs> I, I first started following the Steelers. I guess when I was 79, when I was four, we should have had that. Oh. Uh, a bunch we of had it then. Like, yes. I, I, uh, at the time, I would have been not aware of football hardly at all. 
<laughs> four year old, I'm sure I was speaking great sentences. It would have been uh, fun. So, oh, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know, but we would have been so far ahead of our time, man. Right. Podcasting didn't exist yet, but man, this podcast. Uh... Well, let me say something. <laughs> let me ask you guys a question, and then I'm going to throw my insane theory out to you guys. So, goes. I'm good with Alan Fanica being in the Hall of Fame. Now, am I biased? Because I'm so fan, sure. I mean, there's probably other Alan Fanica types that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Are, are you guys building on Alan Fanica any problems with them being in the Hall of Fame? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, Fanica was an outstanding uh, lineman. So, like, that's that's the kind of thing that really should be rewarded, the the work that he did and the the kind of runners that were running behind him and through the the gaps that he was creating, uh, the protection that he gave to some uh, for some really great years of quarterbacking. You know, there was some uh, there there was some really good years there that he was part of the process of opening the door for those runners and those quarterbacks. So uh, I I like the fact that somebody has figured out a way to pay attention to guys like Alan Fanica, because otherwise we're just all with top tier quarterbacks and, and uh, wide receivers and running backs. And yeah. what else do we do? I'm, I'm tired of certain sports announcers uh, having whole shows, just really arguing the differences about whether or not a quarterback that's at this level belongs in the Super Bowl versus a quarterback that's at this level. And there's a line between them that we just really shouldn't let people Man, who cares? It's a the hall of fame. Just put people in there. It's fine. <laughs> We've heard nobody. We've heard nobody. Just Joe, you might be driving to Ohio after I'm, I'm done talking here. But you know, I I got fact checked myself. I did something bad that's not good in the podcast. I will I come to these guys. So the sultry voice you just heard, <laughs> Joe Frost, the biggest Steelers fan of Mississippi. Uh, Paul and I said, if we're gonna have a, th- a third, we have to find the biggest. Steeler fan in Mississippi. A lot of that tryouts. was the specific thing you were yes. looking for. A lot of tryouts. Um, <laughs> Paul and I spent many a day in uh, Mississippi looking for the best Steeler fan. Joe, it's him. No, Joe, Joe's a friend of ours. From Don't college. lie. Neither of you have yeah. ever been in this state. Yeah, not once. Well, not once. Well, not South even on your pandemic. way to, to to New Orleans. No. Well, we we have to be safe. It's a pandemic. We're not running around Mississippi <laughs> like you Southerners do. We, so we keep it safe. We do Sky StreamYard and Zoom mm-hmm. calls and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and to introduce Paul, Paul's our other part of the podcast. You you know him, but I introduced him properly to start out. So, Paul, yeah. are you okay if Annika and done? Yeah. Yeah, no problem with it. But I have a feeling you have a problem with it. Well, no, I don't have – okay. I'm, you got a problem. Fanica and Dunn are both thumbs up. Here's my problem. Uh-oh. And I think to a feeble Drew Pearson that we saw over the weekend where, you know, big David Baker, you know, the guy, the host of the Hall of Fame, he knocks on the door. Drew Pearson, you're in the Hall of Fame. Drew Pearson had to wait 30 years, okay? Is Drew Pearson a Hall of Fame? You know, he was a Cowboys guy in the Stallbook days. I mean, we can make an argument either way. Probably like Fanica. Probably if you're more of a Cowboys fan, you'd make a better argument than we would right here. But here's the issue I have. If you're a Hall of Famer, let's put you in. Let's don't sit here and wait for a couple of years and say, oh, he finally made it. Let's put you in. And if it's a bigger class, it's a bigger class. And if you were making you wait 30 years 
like they did with Drew Pearson. Maybe we just say, hey, Drew Pearson was a good receiver in the NFL, but Drew Pearson's not a Hall of Famer. Here's my beef, okay? And family friend, longtime Kent Repository sports writer, came to all of our family reunions. He was on the committee to help start the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I told him this. He looked at me like I was just evil. It's true. Understand this. Canton, you want to have six people in the Hall of Fame, but you want to have all these fan bases that come in and everything else. Forget that. Let's all have classes. Let's wait three years or five years or however long we'll wait. If you're a Hall of Famer, you're in. We're going to put you in. We're not going to wait. Poor Alan Fanica. I mean, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Don't make him wait five years. I, that's the thing that kind of just bugs me about this whole stuff. So you're, so the big point you're making is that you, they shouldn't limit it to six people. It should be anybody who's des- if they're deserving of it, we should put them in right away. Or maybe you sit and say, okay, you're eligible after three years, and you've got three cracks at. It. I mean, I can understand maybe two or three arguments to say are they deserving to make it or not. What's but the limit? Should- What's the limit now for? I don't think there is any. I mean, you you have like isn't, well, isn't there one for there's one for baseball, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I think like if you don't get in after so many tries, like so many years after retirement, and then uh, you have so many tries to get in, and if you don't get in, then you're not unless well, yeah, like so. this unless somebody goes back in. Like the is there a there's like a voting in of people from the Hall of Fame, like Hall of Famers can vote in somebody else that hadn't been in or some some weird thing like that. Because that's what's going on with uh Roger Clemens this year, right? He I'm said that sure. he, he has one more year of eligibility and he said, Don't put me on the ballot again. I want to be voted in by the other oh, people. Kurt, Kurt I don't Schilling. Kurt, Kurt Schilling. Schilling. I'm so yeah. sorry. Sorry, Roger Clemens, because you're well, already in. <laughs> but Kurt well, Schilling said that and well, didn't didn't want to go, wanted to let go of his last year of eligibility because he was going to be not voted in because of his politics or something. But every sport's different. And I mean, baseball might be a little bit different than football. If I remember right, there was a huge argument this year about Clay Matthews, the former Cleveland Browns linebacker. I think he's retired for 20 years. And they're saying if he didn't make it, he would have to wait until the senior committee considers him. And okay. He didn't make the hall of fame. And yeah, and his daughter is doing a great social media campaign. Hey, put my dad in the Hall of Fame. And uh, Clay Matthews Jr., he was a Rams uh, guy. You know, he was fighting for his dad. And, hey, I'm all for that. Fight for your dad. I'll fight for my dad, too. But if it took Clay Matthews 20 years to get in the Hall of Fame, okay, Clay's a good player. I'm not saying Clay stunk. But just because you're a good player doesn't mean you're a Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of a divide line there. And that doesn't mean Clay Matthews stinks. We hate Clay Matthews. I mean, he's a Brown. He made some bad choices on who he played his pro football for. But if he didn't make it, he didn't make it. I mean, you know. You have a choice. You're drafted by somebody, right? Well, like, you out. You should be like, oh, I'm playing there. It just sits out for a couple That of only years. works if you're a Manning. Well, You can only get away with that if you're a Manning. And you might go hold out. I mean, I don't think he got drafted that high. I'm sure they've been like, well, we, we're going to forget about you, but take a stand. I mean, you know, who knows? I, I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. Now, am I am I going to die for this opinion? Am I writing letters to the Hall of Fame? Am I picketing outside the Hall of Fame? No. I mean, it's, uh, it's a hot take. You know, we're on a podcast 
So let's say crazy stuff that is going to tick off half of get Pittsburgh. Some, get some yeah. clicks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, let's get some clicks. <laughs> I mean, believe me, I'm probably half hour after this podcast is done, you guys can call me and say, hey, what about that take you? I'm like, ah, I don't care. But, you know, I'll say it, it kind of bugged me. You know, Paul, any, any thoughts on this? I was just saying, I think you're hitting on something that I think is irritating in that if somebody gets into the Hall of Fame, but they had to wait eight years – then somebody else who's eligible maybe is perceived as not as good. So no matter what, they have to wait at least eight years too. And it's like, just if you're going to pick six guys a year, just pick the six best eligible guys to go in and put them in. And just the political side of it does get kind of annoying. I mean, it doesn't keep me up at night, but um, yeah, I think there's just too much kind of politicking and all that kind of stuff involved with it. Just, if you're going to take six, six best, best guys go in. It doesn't matter if uh, Terrell Owens has to wait this many years and Randy Moss had to wait this many years. Just if they're eligible and they're one of the six best candidates, just put them in. Just, yeah. And last year they picked 20 because it was the anniversary. And, you know, those guys talk forever. And if you've ever been to one of the ceremonies, the first year I went to the ceremony, I'm like, dang, this is great. All my – Football heroes are there. And then after a while, I'm sitting here like, shut up. Don't give an hour long. <laughs> you know, so well, yeah, right. yourself. And the, the person that you started to get annoyed with was from a team that you didn't care about. You know, when it, when it's you this year, you're going to be really interested to hear from Alan Fanica, but one of the other guys who's on a totally different team that you just didn't really pay that much attention to his career or whatever, you should be like, okay. You should just you should just accept the 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 jacket and wave and that's fine. Uh, yeah, the I thing gets a little long, but the thing gets a little bit long. But I, I don't know. It is what it is. I'm always interested whenever they start something like the the, the football hall of fame, and there's a certain amount of space that is required to uh, to to store all of these statues and all the busts and uh, give the proper context and information to each single one of them. And the longer this goes on and the more people get in there, like they're landlocked in the actual hall of fame. Like how, (laughs) how many times are they going to be able to expand this thing? At what point do we have a hall of fame, hall of fame where the people who are in the hall of fame are voted into another hall of fame. That's even (laughs) smaller on the other side of the parking lot. (laughs) Well, and, and, and I hate to pick on the real greats of the greats, you know, well, and it and just I, has Tom Brady in it and everybody's really annoyed. Well, I hate to pick on poor, you know, Drew Pierce. I'm sure he's a wonderful man. And I'm sure if he came on the podcast, we'd love him and we'd be like, man, we wish he was a steal. I mean, so I'm not ripping on poor Drew Pearson, but I'm sitting here. I'm like, let me just say, it. I think it's a marketing ploy. Now, okay, Peyton Manning, yeah, no doubt. You think it's a marketing ploy because he was a Dallas Cowboy? Yeah. What's really more Cowboy fans? Okay. Uh, well, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just wanted clarity. Well, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> well again, this was a crazy comment just to get clicks, I'm sure. Okay, I mean, here we go. Yeah. David <laughs> Baker is at the Hall of Fame. He's the director. It's probably like, you know. He probably knows my family somehow because my family are business people and they, you know, probably sit on one of the Hall of Fame committees. He's probably like crossing my name off right now if he's hearing this. But no, I guess what I'm saying is, and like, here's the other thing that bothers me. Okay, the Steelers were supposed to play the Cowboys last year. They're playing the Cowboys this year. And I hear so many times the Hall of Fame's like, wow, it's great they're being inducted because the Steelers are coming to town. 
Okay, well, why are they saying that? Because they know more Pittsburgh fans are going to come. Because, look, Bill Cowher, you, you know, there was no induction last year because, because of COVID. Assuming COVID's okay this year, which who knows if it's going to be or not, Cowher will be there and Fanica. And, man, if you're a Steelers fan, you better book your tip, trip to Canton. It's going to be great, you know. I mean, I hear a lot of that more. And, hey, if you want to go to Canton and watch your guy get inducted, great. I mean, Troy, when Rob Woodson got inducted, that was great. I mean, I wasn't there at the ceremony, but I love Rob Woodson sharing his faith. I mean, I, I love all aspects of it, but it seems to smell a little bit to me. I, I guess that's the thing that bothers me. Well, well, you get that many I mean, people on a hot summer day in the little area yeah. it's going to smell. Definitely. Definitely. That's true. <laughs> no joke. That's real. Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, but at what point is – the entire concept of having a Hall of Fame only a marketing ploy. I mean, not to yeah, get true. all Matrix on you and, <laughs> you know, keep opening the Russian doll here, but the whole thing is a marketing ploy. Uh, there, there's, is there really a need for a physical Hall of Fame in a town that doesn't have professional football uh, in order to... <laughs> <laughs> Just get shots at Canton. What? I mean, I lived, no, I lived there for a number of years, and I like Canton a lot. Heck, I'd move back, but you know, hey, I have hey. to have a job. But um, <laughs> the, uh, that's true of almost anywhere, any Hall of Fame. Like it's all just, it's all a marketing ploy in the first place. But it's all about something that we enjoy. So it's like, yeah, that's fine. Okay, well, let's let's do this thing. Um, I also think that some of these people that they're pulling, you know, Drew Pearson from, you know, he retired in what, 83, 84, something like that. Uh, some of the, the, the old time guys, uh, they're going to all still be coming off of those teams that were the legendary teams of their time. Um, that, that, yeah, it just, that just, that just keeps happening. And as far as there being a dividing line between certain uh, players, you know, and their t and their skill levels. There are hundreds and thousands of of players from beyond that no one's going to put into a Hall of Fame, and and very few people remember. That still happens, uh, especially for some of the dismal teams of of uh, of years gone by. Uh, there's plenty of forgotten football players. That's fine, but you um, but maybe we can remember some of the other guys that were there. Yeah. And, if, and if it takes a couple of years because there's only six slots a year, that's what it takes. Well, and I know I'm speaking against our guy, Alan Fanica, but I want to go in the right. Hall of Fame and say, dang, Peyton Manning. I mean, hey, you know, we're Steelers fans. We're not crazy into Peyton Manning, but he one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He should be in there. Sure. Uh, you want to say, dang, Walter Peyton. You don't want to sit there and say, Drew Pearson, wasn't he like the third receiver on some of these good Cowboys teams? I mean, you don't <laughs> want to say that. You want to say, I, I mean, you want these guys to just jump out at you. I mean, look, Andre Reid. Andre Reid. Can we Buffalo. go ahead and put Tom Brady in? I don't want yeah. him to be in. I'm I'm not thrilled about what happened yesterday. Uh, yeah, I found the game to be fairly boring after a while. Um, uh, but can we just go ahead and put him in? Mostly yeah. because oh, no. I am sick to death of hearing people talk about that man. Uh, and <laughs> and if it can, if we can just already put him in it and have it be over. And not have to talk about it anymore. That'd be great. Well, we'll get there in a second because I we got other non-Stewards topics. I'm looking forward to. So I don't want what I don't want to take too much time on <laughs> the topic of our podcast. We got to move on to the other stuff. Yeah, let's but, really yeah. not spend too much time talking about the topic of the the, the title what? of the podcast. Yes, yes. 
We're breaking every rule known to man. No, no, but we'll get to that in a second. The only other thing I wanted to mention was I, I get bummed out when these guys get um, inducted after they die and they've waited 30 years. You know, they die and they're like, oh, let's induct them now. Well, they never get to enjoy it. I mean, I guess if they're in heaven, they enjoy it from heaven or whatever. Like, I think of one of the ones I attended, I've covered some of these. Um, oh, I got the guy's name and I don't have it. Gene Hickerson. Uh, you know, he played for the Browns from 58 to 73. He was inducted in 2007, so he waited 34 years. He was in a wheelchair. He was pretty much dying. And, it, you know, a couple of his teammates had to push him across the stage. And, yeah, nice story, but they weren't even sure where he was at mentally just because he was ailing. He was an old man that was in a wheelchair. I'm like, okay, if he's a Hall of Famer, I think you can make an argument for Gene Hickerson to be a Hall, a Hall of Famer. Don't wait till the guy's dying or dead. I, I mm. mean, if, if I was his family, I'd say, you know what? If dad was a Hall of Famer, screw this. We're not bringing my, our family and our ailing dad for you to use them for your marketing gains. Yeah, I mean, I... It's, that was harsh, I know. That was a little <laughs> harsh. I'm starting my own Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, the I'm just saying. Hall of Fame, and it's in my backyard. I, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> poor Gene Hickerson. And, you know, again, poor professional football team choice. Let's make sure we say that because we're a Steelers podcast. But, yeah, it, it, it just, it, it's tough. And, oh, and the last thing, too, I actually covered the Mike Webster Hall of Fame induction. He hmm. had to wait three years to be inducted. And if you remember the sad story of, of Mike Webster, and that really sparked a lot of the concussion talks and CTE and everything else, mm. they found Mike Webster on a bus. You know, it wasn't yeah. like, and, you know, it, it was unbelievable. Uh, my, I was dating my wife at the time when he was inducted, and I took her with me. I thought it was a cool thing to do. And, you know, we heard Don Shula speak. He was being inducted. And Don Shula is the most verbose man of all time. And then Mike Webster couldn't put two words together because, mm. you know, he had those awful effects of the concussion. Mike Webster had to wait three years. Okay, come on. Mike Webster was one of the best centers of all time. Put him in right away. Put these other guys right in right away. I, I just don't make these guys wait. It's ridiculous. And I know it's part of the lore of, oh, Drew Pearson finally made it. But, okay, if, if Drew Pearson's a Hall of Famer, put him in five years afterwards. If you have 40 guys being inducted one, at one time, whatever. You know? Make sure they don't speak for an hour. It's important, though, for them to wait a certain amount of time after they stop playing because you have things where people come out of retirement. Uh, Okay, then wait five years. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But what I'm saying is after you you wait five years, you can have all the arguments you want and everything, but you really sit there and say, okay, if Alan Fanka was a Hall of Famer, then tell him right away. Don't let him – don't drag it out of him, that poor guy. You know what I mean? I feel bad for Alan Fanka. I, I mean, I think he should have been a Hall of Famer. I don't know. So who's Whatever out there the right now that period? isn't in? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we all started, had ideas in mind. Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> I would say whatever the waiting period, I'm glad for it because Joe and I got to perform at Chuck Knoll's festivities. So really? It served us well. <laughs> yeah. We got yeah, the, the blow our, jazz, our, band jazz, played our the... jazz band played. Really? The, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was yeah. at uh, Kenley Park, some you know, far away from all the hub of activity, but yeah, we were I, officially part were of. They, the were they? Were they even there? Were they even there? No. Did they come? Yeah. Yep. Oh, it was so an event that was happening, but it was all part of the Hall of Fame. 
weekend. Oh, so, so it was like Chuck Noll's family bash or whatever. Yeah, it was in their backyard. Uh, no, it was uh, okay. <laughs> so, so no one wasn't there, huh? How first? I don't think oh, so. Maybe he was. Who knows? Maybe he was. They may have filed through. I don't know. Huh. And, and again, just to fill people in so everyone knows what's going on, we went to college at Malone, which was in Canton. Actually, it was probably a, a what two drives away from the you know two golf drives away from the hall of yeah, fame. We weren't that, that far close. away. Yeah. Our college team played on that same yes. field where they play yes. the Hall of Fame game. We used to march on that field. The former college football team of Malone. We we could do a whole series of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's that, a that podcast. team doesn't. When our yeah. college had a football team, yes. it used to play on that field. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and two a, two high schools, I think, also play on it because it's McKinley High School that. Right. It's a different there. podcast series. I mean, you know, yeah, I don't different. know if the Steelers fans are that worried about this. Yeah, but, uh, it, it's okay. Um, yeah, but, but no, the parties were interesting. I actually, um, I had a family member who was part of, um, Jerry Jones. I think it was when Jimmy Johnson made the hall of fame. They had hmm. Justin Timberlake play at, you know, Jackson Township, one of the, uh, nice. nice, um, housing developments out there. And it was, yeah, it was kind of crazy. So, yeah, that that's a definitely, it's such, it's a small town. And so when hall of fame weekend comes, you never know. If you're wise, you find some other place else to be that right. weekend. It's right. madness. <laughs> I would I would always skip town. I think the only time I ever stayed was that year that the jazz band played at the at the that event. I think that's the only time I stayed because it was uh it was you can't move anywhere. Traffic's night a nightmare with all the people coming in and the parade blocks right. all, all over town. Yeah. So to sum up, so Canton people get out. Yes, get out. <laughs> we can say about a lot of things about Canton people, but no, we won't say it. <laughs> we love our Canton people. Love them. Now, well, to sum it up, and congratulations to Bill Nunn and Alan Fanick. I know we spent the last, what, 20 minutes ripping the Hall of Fame and everything to do with it. No, I, I really think they deserve to get in. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. don't make these guys wait. I, I guess if you want to sum up my argument that's where we're at so i'm just not convinced on this peyton manning kid yes i think you should wait a couple more years <laughs> i hear it took we 13, gotta see i heard yeah. it took 13 seconds for that discussion they're like peyton Manning, yeah <laughs> yeah and it's an outrage it should have been eight seconds see i don't have the patience i don't have the patience for that stuff i couldn't even take any arguments like apparently the, the clay matthews argument before like, before they finished his name saying his yeah. name you should have already voted him in well, I mean, even if it was a good argument, like Clay Matthews apparently took a while, I would be like, boring, you know, let's just vote either way. I mean, I don't want to hear an hour long of discussions on somebody's a Hall of Famer or not. Who cares? I mean, geez. Let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Uh, let me give you my 20 seconds and you guys can film whatever. Um, I was stunned. Um, the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers early in the year. Uh, Tyreek Hill had, what, 200 receiving yards in the first half? So I really I, I did pick the Buccaneers to win. I kind of felt weird. I didn't think they were going to win, but Buccaneers harassed Mahomes all game, and Tom Brady. I, I mean, every year it surprises, but I guess it shouldn't surprise us anymore. He had three touchdowns in the first half, and that. I, I mean, let me know if there's anything else to say, but pretty much that's really was your game right there. If you had to break it down, what do you guys think? Yeah. Uh- my big takeaway is that we clearly 
it, had we gone, we would not have belonged on that field. Uh, if that's how badly the Chiefs were decimated, uh, it, it's it's good we didn't go because we would not have deserved to be on that field. And obviously, if the Steelers would have gone, they wouldn't have played the Chiefs. I kind of felt better about the possibility of playing the Chiefs in the playoffs. I know even from the beginning of the year, Paul, you and I have debated, you know, how would the Steelers do against the Chiefs? I mean, the Steelers had that type of defense. Now, offensively, I'm not sure. But, yeah, Buccaneers look good. I, I Did the defense shock you? I mean, I guess Brady shouldn't shock us anymore. The D was like, man, I didn't expect Tampa Bay to play that good. Uh, the thing that was shocking to me, especially in the second half, was how ridiculously porous the O-line was for Kansas City. I was yes. shocked at how yeah. every single play uh, he was just scrambling like a mad person 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage and throwing up desperate Hail Marys yeah. sideways, underhanded like granny shot like what i don't what happened to the o-line and what did like pierre paul and uh, ndamukin sue like did they eat their wheaties before the game or something because just <laughs> all of a sudden those guys were everywhere he snapped the ball and they were already in the backfield every single play for the entire second half. And I was like, who is on the O-line and what happened to you? I think uh, the, I think it's just Chiefs, so strange. I think the Chiefs were the last game they lost, you know, for the year. And they had played better, but I couldn't believe. I mean, I, I knew that Buccaneers team was playing better, but they were playing like 86 Bears better. I mean, they were just like, whoa, you know, yeah. unbelievable. And Stefan Wisniewski, he, he's a blast from the past. Sue's actually signed him at the beginning of the year as a free agent. I don't know if he started, but I saw him playing on the Chiefs line, which isn't a good sign because, as Joe said, the, you know, well, Mahomes I, was running for his life all night. But there was, there was some discussion of some shifting that they had to do. Was somebody, was there somebody out or something? They had yeah, to shift got, people. Uh, Eric Fisher and one other guy were both out with COVID. Hmm. So yeah. two of their main linemen were out. But it was just just horrifying how much he had to scramble and how this time when he scrambled, nothing would develop. Um, so that's a credit to the Bucks secondary that he would scramble that much and there was still nothing. Um, he found his time. You know, normally you want to make that pocket and have the time happen in the pocket. He, he made up the time with his feet and getting out, but there was nowhere to go. Um, I, and that was I, the whole second half. They just could not get anything together. Yeah. It, it usually I was expecting. Oh, sorry. I was expecting. I mean, that the Chiefs suffered from Steeler disease last night in that they oh. just didn't seem to modify their game plan at all. It was like, this yeah. is who we are. We're going to run it no matter what. It's, I mean, with he had what two tenths of a second to get rid of the ball. So, do the Steelers' offense throw two yard passes? And yeah, just they refused to adjust to what was happening. And I think Tyreek Hill would have been scarier catching a short pass and getting space and running. And they just wasn't at that they're, point, they're, it would have been open and he would have had some places yeah. to go. Well, even when they're down by three touchdowns, throw them a screen and see if you can break it. They seem to just be throwing up long bombs. I mean, just throw them a slant. I mean, they're that fast that they can break it. I mean, it's probably as effective. 
yeah. trying to get it to Kelsey that he was their their magic pill all year when things were going bad. Get it to Kelsey. He'll get somewhere. And he either wasn't open or a couple of passes passes would get wobbly because he's throwing as he's like uh you know pulling a matrix move where he's laying sideways and trying to throw it backwards and whatever. <laughs> I don't know what he was trying to do. There was some crazy, crazy plays that he was making. And he saw almost completed this too, which was frightening. I mean, yeah, you're right. He was doing ridiculous plays that you know, no way would have brought him back. But I was stunned about how he still almost completed all those passes for as ridiculous as those throws were. They were they were still there, but just they weren't yeah. catching them the way they oh, had yeah. earlier in the yeah. season. They just weren't catching them. And I well, and that I think it's because they were just getting harassed by the yeah. by the secondary. Uh, speaking of being harassed by the secondary, oh. uh, did you see the the uh, the unsportsmanlike conduct call um, where the guy taunted? Uh, was it Hill? Yeah. I think he ta- taunted yeah. Tyreek Hill. And I saw the footage of earlier in the season, Tyreek Hill had taunted him yeah. as he went in for a touchdown and gave him the peace sign as he went in for a touchdown. So that's what he did. He stood there over him and just went boom. Well, it, there wasn't any fights, but there's a lot of... No, kind of, but it got chippy. It, it got chippy, yeah. And I, I think it was because... <laughs> it should get chippy. You're in the Super Bowl and you're getting your... You had someone pull down your pants and started spanking well, you. You should get chippy. And here's the other thing. The Chiefs didn't blow out the Buccaneers. But in the NFL, when you get over – a kill had over 200 yards in the first half. I mean, people watching that first game were like, dang, he's going to have like 500 yards receiving. It does get embarrassing to other teams. I, I know. It's tough. Uh, worst mistake and I've especially made. Especially over the years, I always attributed it to the, the coaching, but – you know, the Patriots for all of those years never stopped. It right. didn't matter how bad you, they were humiliating you. Their job was to play four quarters of football right. as hard as they could possibly pay, play, and it didn't matter. There was no uh, soft defense. There was no uh, uh, running out the clock. We don't do that. I don't even think they kneeled for 15 right. years, ever. So they were just even running up the score. You knew Tom Brady was out there to keep spanking. It didn't matter how bad your backside was already red. He was going to keep spanking. But (laughs) Patriots are an obvious exception. But most of the time in the NFL, you embarrass somebody. It's going to lead to chippiness. Uh, Malone's story, since we're talking Malone earlier. Worst mistake I ever made at Malone, I was uh, being the PA announcer for some of the Malone basketball games. I think it was my senior year. So this kid from Malone scores 55. They're playing some uh, Ohio school I never heard of. So Malone wins by 40. Well, like a moron. And I I was friends with the guy that scored 55. He broke a record from Malone. So like a moron, two minutes left, they, they take him out of the game, you know, there's 50 people in the crowd. You know, they're just giving the golf clap. So I'm like, Dan Wingate. And it just set the Malone record. And like 15 seconds later, you know, this guy punched the Malone player because you don't do that. And I got a weird look from the coach because, you know, you don't announce that. And even though they didn't announce it in the first game, when Tyreek Hill is, you know, taunting the other team, Tyreek Hill's, doing 200 yards, it's going to lead to some chippiness. And maybe that kind of led to Tampa Bay playing unbelievably well. I mean, their defense was One thing I noticed, yes, I I noticed one thing that as I think about the Steelers, all season long, after when they started to fall apart, every post game was, well, we just didn't execute. 
and it, it seemed like nobody really cared. Yesterday, if, I was reading Dune most of the game, but I was kind of in and out of the game. But the Buccaneers are destroying the Chiefs, and Brady was angry the entire game. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. Tomlin used to be that way. Like, we, we yeah. could destroy somebody, and Tomlin's still angry at the postgame press conference. And where's that fire gone for us? That just kept coming to me over and over yesterday. It's like Brady's angry, and they're playing great, and he's angry. And I really th- – I mean, Well, there was the things that they weren't executing. They were winning. Right. But they still were blowing certain things and causing certain problems, and he knew that, and he was on his yeah. guys, and he's that kind of player. Uh, I was making that same point and the same point about how they never stop, and that's Tom Brady's way of playing because he's played that for, what is it, something like 63 years or something? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He was playing that way in the womb. Um <laughs> Uh, that that he was still fiery. It was fourth quarter. They were up by more than 20 points and they had the ball and all they had to do was kneel and he was still shouting at everybody. Uh, Yeah. That's a fire that you, that is really hard to put into a team. And that's the fire that this season wasn't quite there for the Steelers. And I, you're right. The Tomlin's got it, but I don't know how it's not landing in certain players. Well, that's a seventh Super Bowl win. If I remember right, you know, Steelers and Patriots have won six. I yeah. think that's all of one. He's six. the most, he's the win most right. winningest franchise. Yeah. In NFL. Yeah. Six history. for New England. Just Tom Brady. Bay. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why he gets his own hall of fame. Well, and I struggle with that <laughs> for his career. I mean, he's definitely very good. You always sit there and say, well, is he better than Peyton Manning and everything? Well, maybe not from a physical skill standpoint, but I think it's what you guys said. It's the intensity. You know, he wants it. He wants it more than others. And, you know, like I said, I, I hate saying this. I I wasn't rooting for anybody, but, you know, tip your hats up, dude. I mean, one seven sure. Super Bowls. I know sure. it's a Steelers podcast. We should be it's like. Al- and it's always hard to say, like, oh, he just wanted it more than Peyton Manning did. And, Making it like Peyton Manning was out on the field like Mr. Sunshine. I don't think I saw that guy smile in season once in all of his 37 years of football. Uh, You know, you don't make them more intense than Peyton Manning. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, You know, sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's coaching. Sometimes it's magic. But... uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to just chalk it up to magic. It's seven Super Bowls. It's nothing to sneeze at. I am personally still a proponent of him going into his own Hall of Fame, mostly because I don't ever want to go to that Hall of Fame. <laughs> I want to go to the other one. Just put him somewhere else. I don't want to have to look at his smug face anymore. Well, Congratulations, Tom. I don't want to look at you anymore. Can you please a, retire? I've heard rumors <laughs> about plastic surgery. I've heard rumors oh, about... Oh, that's not what I meant. But... Aim- the <laughs> supermodel wife, so he's probably on the beach today, just hanging out. And I'm oh like, yeah. man, you know he is. You know yeah. he is. Yeah, uh, and, and hey, it's all good, but it's very. He's laying on a bed of uh, Lombardi trophies. Ah, <laughs> well, we got. Well, let's touch on this real quick because I, I'm a big <laughs> pop culture fan. Um, I, should we just grade them? Because if we get into too much discussion, we're around time for food and everything else. Um, what grade would you give the weekend for halftime show? I'm going to recognize that I am an old man. Ooh. 
so I'm I I I'm saying that up front when I say I was impressed by some of the technical things that they were doing with the like gold hallway thing, yeah. uh, and there were a there were a lot of people on that field uh, at the end. I didn't get the masks. Uh, I only know well, a couple well, of his hurt. songs. Yeah, well, he, he got, got hurt. hurt, but why was everybody else wearing them? If he's the one that he had surgery and had to have well, yeah. had to wear the thing on there so that his wounds could heal from for the surgery, which now I assume he was in talks to do the Super Bowl way before it was announced. So he was getting that surgery because he knew he was going to be doing halftime at Super Bowl. I assume that's what was happening. Well, we so I don't understand why everybody else was wearing them. Uh, I think it was they, they, they. you first saw them when he was singing, I can't feel my face. Right. Um, which I, which I don't know what that, I, I don't understand that song, but you know, overall <laughs> musically, the thing did almost nothing for me. Um, but I recognize that I'm an old man and that is not my music. Um, I was kind of disappointed because in years past, they had gone to some effort to expand the, the number of artists that were involved in the halftime for that reason to say, there's the major artists, they're doing the bulk of it and they're doing the start of it. But then other people from other genres and other time periods were going to get involved. So you go, oh, the Aerosmith's also playing it's not just bruno mars um and so they they did some effort to cross genres and things and this was just the weekend the whole time and it's COVID. i didn't i didn't find his singing and his performance as compelling as i do somebody like bruno mars who isn't also necessarily my style but i have an appreciation for him as a performer like a live performance he really pours into it in a way that is compelling to watch for me. The weekend didn't touch that for me. Um, yeah. So I'm just recognizing that I'm an old man and it wasn't my favorite halftime. Paul, what's your grade? You know, I'll, I'll give him an A. Uh, I have no complaints. I didn't get a lot of it. I only recognized two songs. Um, You're an easy grader. Every single one. <laughs> You're an What's easy that? grader. You're passing out easy A's. You're like, I don't get this. I don't like this. A. a what? Yeah. No, I mean, I, what? He's talented. I, I, I don't think he's songs, Bruno I Mars level. But he's, and I, I will say, I, I actually go the different route from Joe. I feel like in the past few years, with them trying to bring in a variety of different artists, I feel like they come out for like two seconds and then it's like they're they're trying to do too much. And I, I, I mean, that the guy money. used the. The, the, the guy that, used yeah. the entire field for the performance. Yeah. Um, I I got a little angsty uh, during the last song with the people in the masks. I, I thought they were about to initiate the purge. Um, oh, <laughs> but I, I had no complaints. About that would it, have but. made a really interesting halftime show. Just all of a sudden, they started purging the few people, audience members well, that, who were there. That's that. I don't. I don't condone it. Half, like they start like. Some siren was going off. Like they're they're doing it. Wow, I, I, they're they're doing it. We, we're not seeing it, but it's happening in Tampa right it's now. It's happening, <laughs> and they're just not showing it. Much like that guy who ran on the field toward the end of the game. Yeah, they're just not that? showing it. But you yeah. know he's out there. 
they keep showing coaches <laughs> or Tom Brady or Mahomes on the sideline, but you know that guy in the pink one-piece uh, swimsuit is getting tackled by really large uh, security guards right now. And that would make the TV broadcast you know, better. I don't know. I, that, yeah, that part was annoying. I, I get they don't want to sh- they don't want to honor the guy by giving him his two minutes of fame. But I will say, my son and I went to. Ohio State to watch an international soccer match. The whole stadium was packed. And after the match, all these drunk guys trying to run out on the pitch. And just seeing the delight these guards had of just body slamming these oh, guys, yeah. that was worth the price of admissions. <laughs> I hate when they it. get a really good slam to the ground, a good spear, and you're like, yes! Well, and getting back to Stewart. That's Steve. why it's good to be there live, because they're not going to show them on TV. Because of the times where they would write like a website or something on their chest and that was advertising. Uh, And that was how that was their way of, if they got on TV, they were getting paid more for having done that because they had advertised some gambling website or something. Well, think back to James Harrison. It was a late season game with the Browns. If I recall, Zach Cleveland heads for one, like 41 zip and the Browns were horrible back then. And, Guy runs on the field. James Harrison picks him up and body slams him. And I mean, I, there were pictures. I mean, it's probably available online if we look. As I hit the computer again, but no, it was great. It, it was wonderful stuff. Beautiful so, thing. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful thing. thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh well. Uh, quickly for me, I, I said B minus. It wasn't great. Wasn't bad. Uh, I know. was not. It was not the worst. I couldn't yeah. help but think. Okay, so I like, this will show my some of my uh, preference for genres of music. But I remember uh, some months back um, on Saturday Night Live, they were to have a certain artist who has now, you know, really made a worse name for himself uh, uh, over the over the weekend. So I'm not going to give that guy more airtime. Um, but they had to do a last minute replacement for uh, a guest musical artist. And they put in Jack White. Uh, yeah. Jack White, who was on tour and was coming into New York City anyway during that time, so he just brought it was a it was three pieces. It was Jack White, an awesome bass player, and a crazy drummer, and they just blew the doors off of everything. And you're just like, I'm so glad that that other guy didn't wasn't able to be here. I couldn't help but think, I just want three people to go up there and play their instruments so hard and so perfectly that that's all I want to watch. I don't want to see 150 dancers and I don't want to see fireworks. I just want somebody to go rock their face off and really play music. Well, <laughs> um, I just wanted Jack white for the halftime show and I know it'll never happen. And I'm, I guess I'm okay with that, but that's what I would want. Well, the, we got- the big showy thing is fine. We've been doing that for well over a decade now. I, I'd like to see some musicianship get, get back up in there. We've got hard out in 20 minutes. We, we got to keep moving. But All right, I, fine. I will say the most compelling, <laughs> you mentioned Silent Live. Uh, we talked about this on the morning podcast today. The most compelling musical performance. I have no idea who she was beforehand. I could go off for three hours about how bizarre it was. Phoebe Bridges, who I, I don't. Or Bridgers. I don't know much Bridgers. about her. Uh, yeah. She performed on Silent Live. Um, it started out being like this acoustic, like a Sheryl Crow or Lisa Love, you know, mm-hmm. the, the lady who was popular when we were in college. It turned out to be like a Nirvana slash Veruca Salt flat. <laughs> I, she, 
she looked 12 when she first got on stage. And I, I checked her Twitter. Believe me, she's not 12. She's if not. she was 12, um, she should be disciplined by her parents. <laughs> she was saying things that 12 year old shouldn't stand for. We'll put it that way. But yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, and she gets up there and then she's slamming electric guitar. I never heard mm-hmm. seen someone slam electric guitar. There's sparks flying all over the place. Really? Wow, you've never you've never seen that before. Uh, uh, I mean, guitar, I yeah. it's a it's a pretty classic thing that that rock acts do, especially when they're doing a big show like Saturday Night Live. They like to try to make a splash. And like you said, you called it right. Nirvana did that when they were <laughs> on, probably the first time they were on. Um, okay, so I know a couple of things about what happened because I was watching. I watched the show, <laughs> and then I've looked at a couple of clips and a couple of uh, different commentaries that there've been on it. Uh, uh, again, I'll throw myself under the bus to say uh, her music just wasn't my style. And and maybe if I listen to her recorded stuff, I might be a little bit more on board. Um, it was good. It was not at all. I'm not saying it was boring or bad or anything. Uh, it just it didn't really land with me as a performance. I it was it was sort of middle of road for me. Um, but about the guitar smashing thing. OK, so the things that I know uh, that was very pre-planned. And the history of people doing that kind of thing is either through uh, substance abuse or uh, just spontaneous action. People have done those kinds of things on stage. Uh, Jimi Hendrix used to light his guitar on fire, but he was actually looking for the distortion sound of what would happen when you lit your guitar on fire and let the thing roll. I don't know if it was anything different, but he was experimenting in that way. Um, uh so she let people know ahead of time that she was going to do it. She talked to the guitar company maker. Um, the d- maker of the guitar is Dan Electro. Their guitars are super cheap. Uh, let's see, price. They are, uh, they are uh, not price prohibitive, um, but they are also made like beasts. So when she asked if she could wreck the guitar on Saturday Night Live, they were like, good luck. Uh, and if you watch it, she did not break the guitar. I bet you, you could pick up that guitar, tune it a little bit and keep going. Uh, you could run over that thing with a truck. Uh, so she did not break the guitar. She, she whacked it on the, on the monitor, but it did not break. (laughs) The other thing, because she told them ahead of time, that was not a real monitor. That was a fake monitor they built for her to smash the guitar on. You're you're dashing my hopes, Joe. You're uh, like the, I'm, I'm so sorry to be that guy. You told me there's no Santa Claus. I'm you're telling sorry. Me there's, there's there's no what? Excuse me. Santa, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you knew about Phoebe Bridges. You didn't know about Santa Claus. I, I'm trying to figure out which <laughs> myths you still know and don't know. So, all right, what, <laughs> hey, let's get back to it because, because we got hard out and we we gotta get through the rest of this stuff. So, I I don't know. We can talk. Joe, I, I got to get you to do a review show. Um, you know, Paul's been doing some review shows. We need to promote that too. But you got videotape you talking about commercials because we're running out of time to talk about commercials. But oh, yeah, oh. videotape yourself talking about commercials. We'll run over the weekend. From the, from the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But, but we have a hard out. We want to talk about football. I okay. mean, food, food, a little bit of food. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, I got tape. Uh, something else at eleven thirty. So yeah, we got hard out. But yep. yeah, maybe yeah. Videotape yourself talking about the Super Bowl. Email to me the commercials, and I definitely want to play it because I, I 
I got feeling you've got some thoughts in Super Lodge, right? Uh, some I didn't okay. watch as many of them as I as I might have normally. I oh, I okay. really was watching the game very distantly. It was okay. on. I was doing a couple of other things. I wasn't reading a book, but <laughs> but I. Uh, <laughs> I was not paying attention the way that I have in, in previous years, even when the Steelers aren't playing early. Like I'm not overly interested in the game. Usually I am paying it closer attention than I was this year. Okay. Very good. Um, I mentioned Steelers offensive line coaches, but I guess the biggest biggest story, if there is one, um, the Steelers quarterback coach. Paul, do you know anything about this Mike Sullivan character? No. Was he from he- the Giants? Yeah, I heard he worked with Eli Manning. I guess Eli was still good at the time. I don't know. Oh, Joe, hey, Mike Sullivan. That's story. brutal. That face was brutal. Oh, <laughs> I, I've got to complain about Mike Sullivan. So you want me to say it real quick? You here? want to complain? Go. Okay. Well, Go he's it. got the same I don't know problem. him that well. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> We're old friends from back in the day. No, Great he's got the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's got the same issue that the great Marcus Allen not the Steelers' safety, <laughs> but the Raiders, you know, the Raiders, um, you know, running back has. These young guys come up, and I'm sure, I, I, who knows? Maybe what do you want them to do? Do you want them to change their names? <laughs> okay. It's not the, their fault. It's okay. their parents' fault. Yeah, but because that's what, what we do. Like you okay. have kids, and you're like, I re- I'm a big fan of this person. I have the same last name. I'm gonna name a kid that. Okay. It's not the kid's fault. What do you want him to do? But but you know what happened? I, 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 I'll say this in a non weird way. Okay, at McKinley High School, there's star basketball players named Kobe Johnson. Okay, mm-hmm. wonder how they came up with that name because Kobe was playing basketball about 20 years ago, and you know. Apparently not- we're about to have a whole nother generation of Kobe's and LeBron's right where we're, <laughs> you're going to turn into a tune into a basketball game and there's going to be four guys on the court all named LeBron. Okay. So Mark and now- one of them will still be LeBron James because he'll be 73 years old and still playing professional basketball. But Marcus <laughs> Allen's dad. Yeah, okay, sorry. Okay, he must have been a big Marcus Allen fan because when little Marcus is, uh, you know, born, you know, he's wearing a big Marcus Allen jersey, and they're like, hey, what should we name our boy? You know, Marcus Allen, you know? I mean, come on, Mark. Or whoever, Marcus's dad. Now, if his name's Marcus, then there's a big problem. But but Mike Sullivan, okay, granted, they're both older men. I'm sure Mike Sullivan's dad didn't name him after the Penguins hockey coach. But... Why don't if well, that's not an unusual picture. enough name to, right. to feel like that's gonna happen. <laughs> okay, Mike Sullivan, okay. are you kidding me? Okay, but here's the thought here's the thought if we don't retire going... first names for different last names. But if you're going to pitch, this is like okay. now there will be no more Michaels for all of okay. time. You're assistant coach, you're changing jobs, you're traveling a lot. Look up, okay, I don't know, maybe this guy isn't a hockey fan, but just. Get a lay of the land around you. Look at the NHL. Look at the baseball, and say, "Huh, that's a quinkadink." The NHL coach has the exact same name of mine. Okay, okay so here's it's a, nobody's here's a... fault, but to say, "Hey, I'm going to take on Michael Sullivan when I come to Pittsburgh." That way, there's no confusion between Michael and Mike Sullivan. You must pronounce it Mikhail. 
Listen, no, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna drop you a little bit of I'm gonna drop you a little bit of knowledge, and I know this because I've yeah. studied being I I'm a, I went okay. to school for being a playwright, and this okay. is a piece of information I picked up while studying being a playwright, and it has to do with coming up with character names. So uh, I had a friend who used to write a lot of historical drama type stuff. And so she was really, really detailed and she would go back and figure out when her character would have been born and right. do research on what are the popular baby names of that year to then try to pick character names that would have fit within the time period. And if you go back, especially historically, if people aren't choosing family names or, you know, like Catholic families are always using names of saints or uh, apostles or whatever like that, um, uh, outside of those, and sometimes including, uh, year by year, you would look at major figures, public figures, or major characters from novels or whatever, and those would always be the popular names for baby names from, you know, like the early 1900s. By the time you get to like the 70s and 80s, a lot of popular baby names were the names of major characters on soap operas. Uh, so there's a long history of, um, uh, particularly Americans naming right. people, naming their children after major public figures at the time. So there's going to be a major rush of LeBrons and Kobe's and Chloe's and Kim's and whatever it's going to be that was major in pop culture of that year. People are going to name their kid after that thing. I didn't do that with any of my children. Yeah, I have okay, five exactly, kids exactly. and I stuck with family names and I okay. went in out and I found like the weirdest family names that I could. The the ones that weren't <laughs> like Esmeralda and Esther, but uh, you know, I picked unusual names so that they didn't show up and they weren't, you know, the names of every other kid in the school uh, because my name is Joe and I never went anywhere where I didn't have three other people with my same first name. Okay, I get that. Paul, have you named any of your kids after noble people? No, if, no family doesn't count. If you named after your mom or dad, that doesn't count. I'm just saying noble people. Yeah, those people culture. aren't notable, Paul. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, he's not naming his kid Kobe. Now, I don't know his kid's name. Maybe his kid's name Kobe. I'll be embarrassed and I, you know, I won't be able to talk to Paul anymore, but I, I don't think Paul has, right? I'm just. We just we found names that we liked. Uh, we liked right. the meaning of them. I, I just have this feeling that in thirty years, there there's inevitably going to be some mediocre football player that happens to be named Walter Payton, and here's a seventy-some-year-old Chris yeah. throwing yes. things at the TV. That's not oh, Walter Payton. Not allowed to use that name. He wants but, to have a stadium somewhere where they've raised the banner of these names, no. and they are now retired, and yes. no one can be named but, these okay. names. I agree with Joe. And it'll there, include there is... Alan Fanica. <laughs> but who is it's naming... a hall of fame of names. Okay, but who is naming their kids after this? Because you're right, there is a segment of the population that is naming their kids after famous people. I understand that. That's why a McKinley player is named Kobe right now. I, I get that. Sure. And and nothing against Kobe Johnson's dad. I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. Who knows? He might be listening. Maybe he's a friend of a friend of ours on Facebook. So I got to be careful. I'm sure Kobe Johnson's dad's a wonderful man. But that's to me, that's kind of the exception rather than the rule. Because you're right, people do that, but mm -hmm. none of us are doing that. I mean, I haven't looked at what the popular baby names were like over the past five years. I mean, is anytime I'm doing research for the historical, the, you know, I don't need a five year old name. Um, uh, but. 
Yeah, it's always been like that. There has always been a segment of people and there's huge trends where everybody's naming their baby the same thing. Um, and sometimes you don't know that a lot of other people are doing that. Um, I was shocked. My my oldest, her name is Nina. And um, it, we we moved. We, then years later, we moved, moved to a place and found a whole bunch of other people named Nina that are basically her age, including one person who has her same first and middle name. And you're like, what? How in the world did that happen? That was not a popular name that I knew about. It just ended up being a popular name that year more than I had thought. I would be horrified. Because could you imagine? Now, the Steelers' great names are... But you know what you're doing if you name your kid Kobe or, you know, LeBron or whatever. (laughs) You know what you're doing. Right. Well, and there's nobody's... Like, if I name my son Ben, I mean, people are going to be like, oh, you weirdo, you named it after Big Ben. You know, Ben's a common name. Or if I name Troy after Troy Palomano or something. You know, I I, I don't know. It just strikes me as odd. Or somebody I know who has found sideways and little corners to name all of his kids after star Wars characters and See, without really being obvious, like it's not yeah, Obi-Wan that's... or whatever, but you know, they found <laughs> well, a way to, to, to choose normal, oh, more normal geez. sounding names that uh, actually do have a reference back to something in star Wars for him. Well, here like, you go. That... I just, yeah. I just looked up uh, most popular baby names from 2019. Uh, the number one boy's name in 2019 was Liam. So we got Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, yeah. There's something to that. Liam, yeah. isn't there a Liam in uh, uh, One Gallagher? Direction or something? Yeah, one of those. Well, Liam Gallagher. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, short for, it's short for William. It's a nickname for William. So they, whereas they just named them specifically Liam, they didn't go with William. Oh, they're all just pop culture William. nuts. They're okay. all pop culture nuts. Yeah. Like the actor or the boy band guy. Who's number two, just out of curiosity? Uh, number two was Jackson. Hmm. Now, see, that's a name that uh, uh, we liked. We live in Jackson, and that would have been weird. And I'm not naming my kid Jack. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> you know what's weird? Our daughter. I don't care it. how many people meet me for the first time and make some crack about, oh, are you related to Jack? The answer is no. And uh, now I know more about you. Uh, well, the, if that's the first thing you say when you meet me. The mistake we made with our daughter's name, and it's a great name, but we had the opportunity to change it, and we chose to change it. We named it Ash Lynn. So it's A-S-H-L-Y-N-N. We thought it was a pretty name, and it's a good mm-hmm. name. Well, about an hour and 15 minutes north of Columbus, Ohio, where we live, there's a town called Ash Land. Yeah. So when we first are introducing her to you know our friends family, did Ashland, you name it and they Ashland? Go, Ashland? Yeah, and I'm like, yes, we named it after the city in Ashland County. Whoa, what the memories! I mean, come on, their downtown area is just yes. so quaint. So we named and our so daughter we named our daughter city. after yes. this town. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> meet our yeah. son Canton or meet our daughter Maslin. Yeah, I went to school yeah. in Ashland. Ashland's a good town. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a good town, but no. But you don't want kids. to name your daughter after. <laughs> yes. Or, or don't name your son after. Jeez. Can you imagine a little Maslin running around or a little Canton, Ohio? I mean, come on. It's just crazy. This took a turn. I, I tell you. It, it was kind of <laughs> and now we're close well, to our, say, our out time. But yes. Back in the oh, 90s, oh. I, I was. Seriously toying with naming my firstborn Yancey after Yancey Thigpen. So I was that close. Really? Okay. 
Yeah, but you, you didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I felt weird. Can't I'm like, I'm just ripping these people. So I'm like, uh, what should I say? I'm like, <laughs> you, you kind of gave me a little uh, bit. Of a there was somebody. Uh, oh man, now who was it? What was it somebody's last name was Forrest? Was there? There was somebody who went to school with us named Forrest, right? right. I don't know. Yeah, there was somebody. And then he always joked that if I named my son Jack, he would name his kid Sherwood. <laughs> oh, man. I well, remember that joke, Mr. Forrest. I'm, I apologize that I don't remember your first name right now. <laughs> well, let me try one more thing. I, I worked for a company for a little while, and they had this thing where they said, look, if you have the same name as somebody else, it can get kind of confusing in that company. So right. if they go over to Lodspeak and say, Chris, if there's two people named Chris, then you got, you know, me and the, whoever the other Chris is going, oh, is it yes. me? Is it not? So they literally had me go by my middle name. I didn't have to change my name, but they said, right. you are Lee. Now, it's a little ridiculous because unless the Steelers and Penguins are having a picnic together, you know, Mike Sullivan, the Steeler, and Mike Sullivan, the, the Penguin, may never run into each other. But, you know, I, I was thinking from that aspect to say, hey, we don't want to confuse these guys, so let's call one Mikey or Michael or or Mick or I, I don't know, one of those two. But I, I can see that argument's falling under deaf ears. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was like I was saying before, really, before I took this job here in Mississippi, everywhere I've ever been, there was always another Joe, a Joey, right. a Joel, something. And there's been four people with names that are very similar to mine everywhere I've ever been. And since watch- I've been down here, I've, you know, there's very few Joes that worked at the same place that I worked and I taught and there were very few Joes that there were no Joes that ever came through as my students. It was super weird, <laughs> but it has a common name, Joseph, you know, you know, I've always had that everywhere. I don't know. And and we've done certain things where, where I've worked, we've had multiple people with the same first name. It's like, okay, so are you going to be Becky and you're Rebecca or how are we going to do this? Um, yeah. I don't know. You just get into nicknames or whatever. Hmm. That's going to be our next um, big thing we have to ask for. Um, our, we, need, uh, we need to get interviews. So maybe we can get, you know, young Marcus Allen. I'm not sure if we can get old Marcus Allen. But if we get young, I, I think if we get on. one, we have to get the other. That's the interview to have is to have both of them on, okay. and by the end of the podcast, decide who gets to keep the name. Okay, and maybe the old guy will be like, "It's time for somebody else to be Marcus Allen. I'm giving the name to you." And then we have that moment on the on the podcast. I'd get a lot of views, right? Well, it, it scared me. I, I got my I got all excited there for a second as you were talking. <laughs> I was looking up cameo because I'm not sure if we can book Marcus, even the Steeler Marcus Allen. We're not that big yet. But I was like, man, if Marcus Allen was cheap on Cameo, we asked for a Cameo and just say, dude, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to say, hi, Joe. Just answer this question. We're going to play on the podcast. How do you feel to have the same name? And Marcus Allen is not on Cameo now. He was, but he went away. And he, and he, I'm on his mailing list to be notified if he ever comes back. So. I mean, Marcus on Friday. You're on the mailing list. To be yes. Well, I mean, well, we I, just need to contact his agent. Come on. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. If we get the bum rush, I mean, I'm sure Marcus on the steel wouldn't cost that much in cameo. I don't know. Ten bucks. 
you know, we all chip in our money and we'll, there you go. We can make it happen. That's how we're going to get our interviews. We'll just do cameos of everybody. It may cost we'll us thousands of dollars. Ahead of time. Yeah. Answer yeah. this one question. Yes. It's not an interview. We're just I want you to answer one single question. And usually that question will be ridiculous. It was. Fun. Do you just, prefer just buffalo meat or alligator meat? Which one? When I, when I was writing for the Cincinnati Inquirer, I wrote a lot of weird web stories. And it was when Cameo first came out. It was funny. Um, Tyler Boyd, you know, receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals, who actually was from Pittsburgh. He was one of the first guys I saw on uh, Cameo. So I told our Bengals writer, I said, hey, can you go ask him? Help me out because I'm sure they're not going to let me in the locker room. And Tyler Board Angry was like, I'm not on Cameo. And the writer's like, look, here's your link. I mean, you have a link on there. And he claimed it was made up. And it was funny because that was back when Cameo first came out. I think people were embarrassed about it. But Cameo's a lot more popular now. So I don't know. It was interesting. Well, Paul, I'm sorry about this. It kind of took a weird turn this week. But hopefully everything went okay. <laughs> Hey, it's the off-season, people. Once the season gets started... Then we, we got, have more things to get angry about. Right, right. But we, <laughs> we're ending up with my dumb rants about Marcus Allen and poor Mike Sullivan. Can you imagine? Look what he's going into. He's probably like, man, here's a decent team I can come to and spread my way. He's just and, trying to do his job, man. He's just trying to do his job. Well, and you're over your hat. Right. My wife's yeah. maiden name was Julie Smith, and there was another freshman at Malone, same name. They were in the same class together, and Professor Hubley decided that my wife would henceforth be known as Fred. So, Okay. Well, that's got to be Just scary. Give the name. I, mean, I mean, hey, <laughs> your wife, I'm sure you're happy to meet your wife, but was there any fear of confusion there? I mean, there's two Julie Smiths. I mean, what if you grabbed the wrong you were, you were, you were, you were worried about... <laughs> You were worried about picking name. up the wrong one for a date. <laughs> yeah. Or marrying the oh, wrong one. You never know, you know. I thought I was asking out the other one. Yeah, or, uh. or, or maybe you <laughs> kept your eyes closed during the wedding day and you're like, oh, I marry you, Julie Smith, and it turns out to be the wrong Julie Smith. I mean somebody does that, the blindfold yeah, yeah. wedding. That's how things are done now. <laughs> that's how they're all done. <laughs> oh, oh, man. We're not like Mississippi where they take the blindfolds hey, off. We keep the blindfolds on. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, sir. Well, no, I, I'm actually saying Ohio d doesn't do the blindfold. I, I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is taking a dark turn. I'm yes, sorry, Steelers fans, but it's good. Hey, the offseason, hopefully it'll come to end soon. I know we haven't talked about Big Ben, but we're trying not to rumorize or theorize. Um, supposedly Big Ben's meeting with the Steelers this week, so I'm sure next week uh, there'll be news coming out from that and that will probably dictate the hour. So and hopefully we'll, we'll have some more news about uh, Carson Wentz as well. Yes. That, that's big news that's supposed to drop any minute now and probably has while we're on this on this podcast. Where I'm uh, yelling at Mike Sullivan. And <laughs> right, right. And, and uh, that, meanwhile, that, that wife, news is happening. And yeah, there may, be, uh, there may be some other quarterback moves as well. Uh, I, I heard some stuff about uh, some in interest in Sam Darnold from some other teams. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff that could be happening in the next couple of days. So by next week, we may have some interesting things to talk about. What One thing that made me laugh was they were talking about – I saw the Carson Wentz report, and they're like, we want a Matt Stafford return for Carson Wentz. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know if that's happening. Then um, maybe he should have passed for more <laughs> yards. That would have helped. Maybe yeah. we should trade Big Ben. I mean, I hate saying that. I know it's, But, man, if – 
if Carson Wentz gets a Matt Stafford return, what would Big Ben get? Maybe <laughs> I I know he's old. I mean, getting Probably that kind not. of return, the most teams yeah. should be trading away that quarterback. <laughs> yeah, if you're getting a couple first round picks, maybe we trade Big Ben. I don't know, but yeah, yeah that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I just Probably not. Silly. whatever silly thought. Could you imagine? I need to work on booking. It's been busy the last couple of weeks. What if next week we had Julie Smith, not your wife, but the other Julie Smith, <laughs> Marcus Allen from the Steelers, and Mike what Sullivan from the Steelers? What would we talk about Julie Smith about? Names, <laughs> this name thing. What would we talk could, about? Could you imagine? Hey, the hey you know have you the same name as Paul <laughs> Do you remember that time? Yes. And we'll have all three of them at the same time. That'll make it even more awkward. <laughs> Who are these two men? Oh me? Julie, old Julie Smith will say. So watch ridiculous. the clicks go up, man. Oh, <laughs> man. The It'll public is clamoring for this kind of real tense, uh, hard-hitting interviews. Right, right. It'll be good. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. We're doing Steeler kind of minutes through the week. Yeah, just kind of get more content out there. What if one of my Steeler minutes for the week, I approach that Marcus Allen theory? I'd love to see how many people click on it and response I get. Uh, Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see it too. I want to see if I, I might get banned from there would be a huge response yeah. to that sort of uh, hot take. Yeah, I'll take it. It'll be great. All right. Well, thanks for checking out the Sewage Podcast. We'll see you next week. It took a turn, but that's what makes us fun. <laughs> and yeah, we said we talked about food. Maybe I don't know. Hopefully, we'll talk about food. I, I got feeling Big Ben news breaks. That may take up some time, but we'll see. It'll be good. All right. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you later.